0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 14th, and we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 100, second paragraph, when working with a man and his family. Today's readers are Laura W., Lisa H., and Devorah S. The reference number for Tuesday, September 13th, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'd like to remind everybody to please mute your phone. There's somebody unmuted. I will now ask Lydia S. to read the 12 steps.
1: Okay, this is Janice M., uh, Stepping up for Lydia. Um,
0: okay.
1: I be- I believe she's not here. Is that correct?
0: That's, yeah, go ahead, Janice. Yeah, yeah
1: certainly. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass.
0: Thank you, Janice. And I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12
2: Traditions. Good morning, everybody. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the oa name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose 7 every oa
3: <clears throat>
2: excuse me every oa group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions Into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Anita L.
2: How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses
0: on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 100, the second paragraph, starting when working with the man and his family. I will now ask Laura W. to begin reading.
4: Thanks, Julie. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. This is Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in South Jersey. When working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrels. You may spoil your chance of being helpful if you do, but urge upon a man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. You should warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. You should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Ask them to remember, when they are impatient, the blessed fact of his sobriety. Wow, it's a great paragraph. Um again it's Laura W. recovered in South Jersey. You know, like when I work with people in um in Overeaters Anonymous, um I generally don't work directly with their families. I, I tend to meet their families, but I don't necessarily uh, sit down with the family like they did um, you know, when, when the book was penned, but but I'm reminded here that um we do need to share with people that that we're working with sick people it's not a moral issue it's not a it's not a weakness that we have we're sick people and we have a disease and all I really can do here is carry the message uh, of what my experience is and share my story with my prospect and with their families if that opportunity arises Um, you know I carry the message in order to keep my own recovery and that may sound selfish but it's the truth Um, You know, I warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. Resentment is the number one offender. This paragraph reminds me of what I need to do and what you know, how I need to talk to my family too. Um, This is a period of growth. This is not a uh, an overnight matter, like it says. This should continue for a lifetime. This is a process that that grows over time. And I think about where I was last year, this time, and and you know, am I more spiritual? Uh, Are my are my uh, protégés are my sponsees, more spiritual, closer, connected to their higher power? And when we work the steps, the answer is yes. So, you know, to look for the gratitude and the blessing and the fact that we're sober, that we're recovered, that we're recovering, that we're working, because it's not always going to be, you know, wine and roses. It's going to be, there's going to be times when, um, you know, chaos in life happens, when the storm around us is... Is swirling, and we need to stay close to our higher power. You know, this has this is all about being spiritually fit. So that's what um, what I took from this paragraph today. Thanks so much for letting me share. I pass.
0: Thank you, Laura W. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Renata.
3: Okay. Be, okay. Hello.
0: Before Renata. Before Renata, I heard someone. Nessa R. Nessa R. Nessa R. Sarah W, Reva P, Raquel Riva P. Larry, did I hear you in there? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Okay. Um, after Larry. Raquel. Raquel. Okay, let's start with Nessa R, Renata, Sarah W, Riva P, Larry K, and Raquel. So, Nessa R, please share.
5: Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, you know, what, what this paragraph tells me, you may spoil uh, it just here. Um, oh, sorry, I just lost this thing. But uh, um, what this paragraph tells me, and it does feel from the um, um, end of the previous paragraph where it says, um... um you will live in a a new, wonderful world, and no matter what your present circumstances, and then the following paragraph uh, starts with, if you have been successful in solving your own problems, what this tells me is that it is we who have to change, not our circumstances and not the people around us. You know, we are the ones who have to change, and we also have to manage our expectations, because for most of us, um, you know, spiritual um, progress will be gradual, you know, not not overnight, you know, most of us experience, as that was the case with me, a spiritual awakening, which is a, a slow, gradual process, as opposed to a spiritual experience, which is, you know, it's like a bolt of lightning that just kind of hit us overnight, I, you know, that was not my experience, so we have to manage our expectations that progress will be gradual, and, you know, it says that in many parts um, on the big book, you know, the... You know, we have read already, for example, on the top of page 83 in the in the, in the chapter into action, it says, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. Um, and then um, a little bit later, in page, you know, 117, sorry, I'm just going to it. It also says, it also says the same thing. It says that all problems will not be solved at once and so you know we don't get to work with families and tell them you know don't expect um you know massive changes overnight you know everything starts with sobriety everything starts with abstinence but it'll take time but again you know it's not the family that has to change although they probably will change i've seen my family change as a result of my own my own changes but but it is it is it is us you know we have to keep The focus on us and not the focus on others because before recovery, I was always waiting for somebody to change so that I could be happy. And if I hold on to that old idea, uh, I will never be happy because people don't change unless they absolutely have to. And I didn't change unless I absolutely had to, you know, until I was in so much pain uh, and I was tired of of the way I was living my life that I decided, you know, there's got to be a better way. And there is, of course, you know, through abstinence in the 12th steps, you know, I found um, a spiritual awakening that opened me up to a relationship with God, which is much better than anything else I ever tried but it is I who had to change. The focus had to be on me, and the expectations had to be managed. That they're, that they're not going to be overnight. I am still working right. on reconstructing. Well, thank you on reconstructing the relationships that I damaged. But there is a lot of progress and a lot of success, and with what I have.
0: Thank you, Nessa R. Renata G. And then Sarah W. Will be next.
6: Hi, Julie. Good morning. Thank you for your first service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered composed for Reader in Istanbul. His character defects are not going to disappear overnight. He has entered upon a period of growth. Remember the blessed fact of his sobriety. And, you know, I want to take this paragraph to a personal uh, level, you know, my own personal experience and You know, of course, just being abstinent, right, just being a dry drunk, a dry compulsive eater, is not enough, you know, it's not the purpose of working these 12 steps. But this paragraph was comforting to me, you know, someone like me that, you know, I used to think that if I'm recovered, right, if the mental obsession with food was removed, that I now, you know, was going to be perfect. And never, ever, ever, ever have any resentments or fears or feel guilty or self-pity, you know. Like, I would never uh, go back to my character defect, which is the opposite of working at Step 10, right? I mean, that's why I need a Step 10, because that's a lie. You know, I'm not... I don't become a saint when I become recovered. And so... You know, but I truly believe that I should know better, you know, that now I understood the behaviors and everything, so I should know better and not, you know, go there anymore. And so, you know, this, this paragraph really helps me to focus on a positive, you know, rather than to listen to the accusing voice of, of my disease. You know, I, if, I'm, if I'm truly, if I'm honestly working the 12 steps to the best of my ability, if I'm willing to, to be changed, to ask God for help and take actions, right, towards different behavior, then, you know, I, I believe that that's a lot to, to celebrate because in the past I was, I was never at that place. And so, you know, today I know that I'm never going to be perfect. My self-will will always, um, you know, cause me to want things my way, to have fear, to be undisciplined. But by living in 10, 11, and 12 every day, then I can grow spiritually. I develop a more stronger connection with my higher power, you know, which results in me being a better human being, you know, and then becoming more accepting and more tolerant and less fearful and all that stuff. And so, you know, what I truly believe today is that there's good and bad in everything and everyone. And the stats help bring the the good in me and helps me focus on the good all around. And I'm so, so grateful with that I pass. Thanks. Thank
0: you, Renata G. And Sarah W., you're next. And after that, Reva P.
7: Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service today. Uh, my name is Sarah W. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Iowa. Um, I have worked with a person that... Um, I know the husband, Um, it's in
8: another program, but uh,
7: they have a lot of, uh, you know, I continue to work with her, I've worked with her about four years, um, and they continue to have a lot of problems, and I have to be very careful, because I'm uh, close to both, uh, not to uh, put myself in the middle and make sure that I'm very clear with boundaries about that, because I know them very well, and I attend meetings with both of them. And I think the thing is, um, you know, to always bring people back to their higher power um, when they are having issues. You know, what would God have you do? What would God have you be? Uh, The other thing I was thinking, um, you know, many people have a lot of guilt and shame about their food, about what they do in disease, and i always try to have people remember that we are ill we're we're ill people getting well we're not bad people getting good um and um you know uh for me the family afterward um is such a huge piece of of the puzzle uh t- in dealing with my in my own sobriety recovery and also um when working with others because it really is there that the, um, that the defects come out so apparently and so, uh, profoundly. And I think to encourage that it is a long period of reconstruction ahead and to keep going back to that part of the book, uh, you know, we have to be patient with not only, you know, we should ask uh, families to be patient, but we need to be patient with families, both sides, um, and um, uh, I know the pause comes in play so much in in my recovery and in assisting other people, even from the beginning, to just attempt to pause and really think about what your uh, verbiage is going to do and what your uh, motive is. Even though you're not in step six or step eight, you know, we have to start really thinking about our behaviors from the beginning. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but it's, it's a start. And I think that really helps people see how the program can work so beautifully. And we practice that and we model it. I know my sponsor has modeled it for me and talked about what she has done, especially with her children, which has helped me enormously. Very grateful for the program and with that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you Sarah W. Reva P. and then Larry K. Did you call me? I did Reva go ahead.
8: Okay sorry I was unmuting. Good morning it's Reva P. Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, I have not done a lot of work with um, sponsees families but what relates to me is about character defects not disappearing overnight and a period of growth. And I am very outcome-oriented. And, you know, the diet mentality is actually really appealing because there is a destination. And the destination is all about the weight. And when I get to a certain number, I have arrived. Um, And I tried it. It doesn't work. Um, So for me... um, not having a destination in terms of number of days of abstinence, because a lot of meetings we count days and everybody claps, um, or even a destination, hey, I finished all the steps, I'm done. Um, That's actually been a challenging concept because the goal of this program for me is spiritual growth, and there is no end fortunately, maybe unfortunately, but really fortunately, because it's all about growth. Um, and I will be growing until, God willing, the day I die. Um, so that's one point I need to remember. And the other one is, um, you know, this, I, I use the word perfect a lot when I first um, came into program, and I can still get caught up in that. But if, if I'm in a period of growth... I don't even know what perfect is anymore because I think perfect is my own lie of how I should be which is usually not very human because as a human being I'm going to make mistakes um, and I'm going to falter and the blessing of making mistakes is that I get in pain and as a result of being in emotional pain I have the motivation um, to do it differently so for me, there's a difference between being human and recovered, versus um, perfect, versus just progress. Um, and I also want to just point out that there is no um, effort wasted in in my higher powers world. You know, even when I falter, um, there's always something that I have learned if I do the work. If I come out the other side and look at it um, through the steps and and see the God in there. Um, so it's all about growing and learning. Um and I guess that's why they say progress, not perfection. With that I pass. Thank you, Reva P.
0: Larry K. and then Raquel.
9: Thank you for your service. Uh Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Over Eater. You know, um this uh this twelfth step, I'll just speak more globally. Um, you know, it it talks about in all our affairs. And and so this this program it doesn't leave a lot of room for complacency or, or coasting. You know, and, and, and you know, the only way that you can coast is downhill. And I and I've seen that um I've seen that um again and again sometimes. And it's a good reminder for me that uh I can't coast in this program. You know, I have to carry this message. And it and it's not it's not terribly difficult to carry this message. See, every time I carry this message. And, and people that have, that have had a spiritual awakening and they've changed as a result, as the result of these steps, they understand exactly what I mean because they've experienced it. It's not difficult to carry this message. You get to reinforce it. it every time that I, um, that I partner up with someone and I, and I take them through these steps, um, you know, it reinforces those principles uh, for me you know and and when you know i'm thinking about these things those are the things that expand in my life so i become more aligned with my higher power as i'm thinking about these principles so if i'm talking to a sponsee and and perhaps we are talking about their family and 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 what do we do we talk about well what you know what does the big book say about this you know can we lean into our higher power can you seek guidance through your higher power and see if you, you know, test, test these principles. See if you will get, you know, uh, the proper in, you know, intuitive thought that can help you to know how to proceed forward with that family member. You know, recognizing that love and tolerance is our code. You know, when we talk in that way together and we're, we're leaning into the steps, we are, we are leaning into our, our notion of a higher power, then we're in a better position to go forward with our lives in, in a in a in, a, in a, a positive way, and and so that's why I can't coast in this program. That's why I have to carry the message, and I don't carry the message. It, it's not an obsession for me. It doesn't it doesn't make me miserable to carry this message. No, it makes me it makes me feel more fully alive. And 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 boy, did I spend a lot of time before. I had this design for living that works, screwing it up, boy. I really messed it up. So today, for me, no coasting, no complacency. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. And Raquel, you're next.
10: Good morning there. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello. Thank you very much, Anita, for your kind service and all my beloved friends there in this program were struggling to really get this message across. Um, I would like to still... um, I'm I'm in recovery. I cannot call myself yet recovered, Uh, and I don't know whether I ever will agree with this term uh, because it is a a process. I don't know where the angel is going to hit me over the head and say, you are hereby recovered, but... Um, I would like to be honest when I read this book, and it's only my opinion that I will express now, when working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in a chorus, but the beginning of the sentence, when working with a man and his family, I mean, let's not stretch the truth for myself. Most of the people that I work with not only don't want to admit to the family what they have, and that they're sick, to, to remember that they, they, we're working with a sick person, they themselves don't expect, except that they're sick. Step one, most people I didn't succeed with, and will never probably succeed with, have a problem admitting step one, that they're powerless, that their life is unmanageable, that they're sick. So sitting down the family, already from the beginning of, of this, uh, now of, uh, of working with others, and later in the following two chapters, three chapters, a lot of is relating really to alcoholics and not to overeaters, because most overeaters have a hard time. That's why we have 2% success, that that accepting even themselves that they are sick, which entails, and sometimes I get in trouble with that, which entails sitting down the family. I have a couple of people who did that, and they are the ones who are successful sitting down the family, the way that the alcoholic is, is advised, there are some differences. Sitting down the family and telling them, hey, you guys, I cannot have these things, and for a little bit, until I, I, I gain some abstinence, I don't want to have them in the house. This is where it starts. This is where the dishonesty starts. You No, know, no, no, I'm like everybody else, and I'm going to cook and bake and, and put everything on the table. Right from the start, like nothing happened. I mean, even the, the the concept of anonymity is not accepted. I shouldn't know their last names. This has been so warped, you know. I can go into a hospital and say, "I'm looking for Mary. I don't know her last name. Can you find her for me?" But even as I see that I, her husband picked up the phone and I said, "Hello, Mr. Forrester." And oh boy, did I get it later? <gasps> you said my last name. I mean, it's on the door. I visited you. What is the matter? So time. let's be careful here, yes, I will uh, wrap it up, a little bit careful when working with the family. I wish that was the case, that the person would admit that they are sick, and then working with the family, you can whisper in their ears, you know, this person knows he's sick, he doesn't really want you to know that, so life goes on like nothing happened. So um, maybe we will progress, and someday we'll be able to uh, people to bring people to admit the problem, and And then we can work with the family and we'll make things so much easier. Thank you for letting me share my best.
0: Thank you, Raquel. Does anybody else want to share before we move on? Allison C. Melissa C. Melissa C. Melissa C. Yeah,
11: thank you.
12: Okay, go ahead, Allison. Hi, this is Allison C. Recovered in Northwest Jersey. Um, Wow, I really like this. Paragraph because it's kind of like this reassuring thing that I needed to hear. Because when I came in and I first started listening to Visions for you about two and a half years ago, I heard this like amazing recovery, and I was like, I want that. And these people, they just—it seems like their lives are so perfect. And I never saw like what they did behind the scenes until I went through my own step work, and I realized that. Um, what it really means to, like, maintain this spiritual um, experience and be spiritually fit. And um, I just thought that if I worked my steps, like, everything was going to repair itself, like relationships with family, relationships with friends, like relationships with coworkers. I just thought that everything was just going to be perfect. And um, I I didn't think that I was going to face any struggles. Um, But I think just like somebody else had said that, um you know i'm glad that it's not easy i'm glad that it's struggle that you know i i struggle with relationships and there's there's still things that um need repair and i have to take that action to repair them and i have to continue to do uh ten steps and and there's certain people that um you know, it comes up, you know, like this one person comes up over and over again. I'm constantly doing a 10 step on this person and um, it's up to me to make the changes and to look at my part in it to move forward and to um, heal these relationships with these people. But um, what I was going to say is that um, I'm glad that there's a struggle. I'm glad that things are not always easy. I'm, I'm glad that my life's not always perfect. Um, because that's how I learn and grow when, when I'm struggling with somebody or something, um, <laughs> most of the time it's family. Um, I learn and I grow from that. And most of the time what I learn is that um, I learn what my part is and I learn that I have to make necessary changes in my life uh, to continue to grow. Um, and, and that's one thing is that like I, I noticed in some people that I've, I've worked with and, you know, just from my own experience is that we start to think that thought that like, okay, I worked my steps so and now life is going to be perfect. And then people realize like, oh, it's not perfect. <laughs> this is really hard. Um, and then they go back to the food because they think like, you know, and then they're not doing that, that maintenance work, that like spiritual maintenance that I was talking about. And so I just kind of wanted to point that out and, and just kind of, Uh, because this paragraph gives me hope. Um, I wanted to give other people hope that, like, you know, even though you might have struggles, um, you know, there is a way, there is a solution, and to keep turning to your higher power, to keep doing the work, and uh, to keep doing everything one day at a time. Everybody have a great day. Allison in New Jersey, Recovered, have a great day. Bye.
0: Thank you, Allison C. And Melissa C., you're next.
12: Hi,
11: good morning everyone, it's Melissa, she recovered, compulsive overeater in New York and, um, you know, I guess what really jumped out at me is, um, first of all, the importance of communicating with our families what it is that we're up against, you know, and um, I I had a sponsee at one time um, who's really struggled and I haven't heard from her in a while, so I'm fairly certain that she's back, you know, in this disease, but, um, you know, she she kept trying to do her recovery in isolation without really coming clean with her family, you know, sharing with them what it is that she's up against. And, and I, I think kind of thinking maybe they didn't really know, but, you know, that's, I know for myself, thinking that people in my life didn't know that I was struggling with something far greater than myself, um, you know, that's a lie. Because all you have to do is really look at the evidence. People know around you. It's no secret. I think to your family, you know, to my family, it was no secret that I was sick. And, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, I, you know, in all my loving interest to help her, I, maybe I did get involved in quarrels by too much advice giving, you know, and that's where I have to be really careful. My, you know, my um, desire is to be helpful. I want to help, you know, but I can't give advice. This is not saying jump in the middle, and tell people what to do. You know, it's um, remind people that they're sick, and and to get them, um, you know, in connection with their higher power. Because uh, you know, ultimately, in a, our, our marriages, I know my marriage, um, you know, it's it's either gonna strengthen and grow, you know, or it's not. You know, and um, I think. Um, you know, I'm, I do have something to share because I think that my recovery has strengthened my marriage and has made it better. But, you know, it's the quarreling that's very dangerous. And even just that word, you know, like we cease fighting anything or anyone, and that includes our family. And so, no, we don't get involved in quarrels. We, you know, I think as a sponsor, you know, or as a recovered friend, um, some of the best words that I can share with people is, um, to meet your family with more love, you know, to let go of being right on every issue. Um, I, you know, because if I list the issues, you know, that I have with my husband, I could tell you I am 100% right, you know, or so I think, but that's not what this is about. You know, it's not about quarreling. It's about, um, making love and peace in our lives. And, um,
0: Thank you. With that, i Thank you, Melissa C. And Lisa H., would you please read the next paragraph?
13: Good morning. Uh, this is Lisa H., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater I'm from Tennessee, currently in Oklahoma. Um, if you have been successful in solving your own domestic problems, tell the newcomer's family how that was accomplished. Okay. In this way, excuse me? Uh, Somebody unmuted, this, could you please mute your phone? Sorry. In this way, you can set them on the right track without becoming critical of them. The story of how you and your wife settled your difficulties is worth any amount of criticism. Um, good morning again, Lisa H. A grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, working with a newcomer, and... Um, In sharing my experience, strength, and hope, um, I have to talk about how for so many years my family watched me put down the sugar and pick it up again and put it down and pick it up again. I can't even count how many times my family watched me do that. Um, But the thing that I have to stress is this idea of rigorous honesty. because again, like somebody said, my family, it was no, you know, my family could see what was going on. Um, and, 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 um, being honest with them again, part of what it is, is my behavior. I mean, they have to see a change in my behavior. Um, it wasn't until my brain became, um, unfogged from this sugar haze that I was even able to see that I had any part in things. um, so, again, moving through these steps um, continued to allow me more and more honesty um, with myself, with my family, um, especially my spouse, who I've been married to for 28 years now, um, being rigorously honest with him in what I was doing and how I was doing it. Um, again, I, can't, I cannot do this um, by myself. Um, I can get on the phone line. I can talk to recovered people. Um, but a lot of it has to do with what's going on at, at my house and in my, my most important human relationship. Um, again, moving through these steps, developing this, um, these spiritual muscles, if you will, um, to continue with this uh, process. Um, so the thing that really stands out for me when, especially with a newcomer, is this idea of rigorous honesty. I knew that I had to be rigorously honest with myself, with my family, um, with those closest to me, um, if I was going to be, become recovered. Um, that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. And who
0: would like to share on this paragraph? Alexis H. H. Alexa Lynn H. Lynn,
8: H. Lynn
14: Devorah
0: S. Devora S. Lynn, Lynn,
14: Lynn
8: W.
0: S. Okay, hold on. Um, after Devorah S., it was Lynn S. Yep. And then who else? Amy E. Amy E. Okay, we'll start with... Leah M. Okay, we'll start with Alexa H. And then Devora S. Alexa H. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, My name is
15: Alexis H. I'm a compulsive eater, and I moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, um... I guess what this paragraph made me think of is um, said the thing about how we share to our sponsees, you know, what worked for us. And um, in my experience, it's really important for me not to tell other people what to do, but like there's just, I don't know what happens, but if, if I start to tell somebody what to do or somebody try my sponsor tries to tell me what to do, there's a part of me that just kind of bristles. And I've seen that in sponsees too. There's a part of them that just kind of like bristles and becomes less receptive. And what's been much more useful to me is, um, like, there was a a situation with one of my housemates where we just, like, kind of had some conflict over, um, like, household chores. And I tend to, like, avoid conflict. And so I had to come up with a way to speak with her peacefully, you know, gracefully, but also to be honest about um, where I was coming from. And I was really scared to do it, and it just kind of shook me up. So I, you know, drafted something and prayed about finding the right words and then spoke with her about it. And you know, we had a great conversation where we both kinda of let down our guard a little bit and got to know each other a little bit better and could acknowledge our differences. And the interaction was just like really healing. So then when a sponsee of mine had difficulties with her um live in partner, you know, I was able to tell her about this conversation I had with my housemate, and she—it's like she could put the dots together or could connect the dots, and you know, and translate my experience into how she could use it in her own experience. And my—it didn't have to be exactly the same, but she was still able to like—I don't know—derive some truth and some sort of a solution out of it. Uh, It also made me think of just, like, how important it is that I'm honest with my sponsees. Like, I don't just share the solution. I have to be able to share the mess and the difficult parts first, because that's a lot of times what they identify with. And then, you know, the solution is important to share afterwards. So um, I'm really grateful to be on the line this morning, and thank you for listening.
0: Thank you, Alexa. Thank you, Alexa H. and Deborah S., S.
16: Thank you, Julie. Good morning, everyone. This is Deborah S. in New Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater. And I love how this paragraph comes right after the one that we've just read. And, you know, it says here, if you've been successful in solving your own, tell the newcomer's family how that was accomplished. And, you know, I remember being a newcomer many years ago, and I was talking to a person on the line and telling them you know, what's going on in my life, my personal opening up and saying, you know, my husband this, my husband that, you know, basically saying, you know, if only he, only if he would change, you know, everything would be just great. And, you know, the nicest words that I can hear from another person and I try to say to another person, well, I know how you feel, um, you know, I, I, I've been there, done that, and this is what has worked for me. Um, and that's what this person said, you know. You know, this is what has worked for me. I needed to take the magnifying glass off of the other person and look at me. And you know, if someone says recover, 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 I needed to to stop pointing the finger and 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 um, and get through this book and and look at myself and see what I needed to do. Um, you know, um, um, and it, and it continues. And when I started doing that, and I started seeing. You know, you know, miracles happen. All of a sudden I'm not bashing my husband anymore or the people in my family. Um, you know, it's so much, there's so much experience out here here in these rooms of people who've been there, done that, and who could share with a newcomer, um, you know, what's, what what, ha, what has worked for them. And ultimately it's always, you know, going through this book and 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 seeing the results and doing the work. Um, you know, I too, I, I, you know, I, you know, sponsees or whatever people call to tell me what's going on between them, and you know, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to get involved. Um, you know, you know, as it says here in the book, but I can point them in the right direction and um, encourage them to keep doing the work, and um, and they too can see um, the benefits. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Devorah S. And Lynn S., you will be next, followed by Amy E.
14: Good morning. This is Lynn S., a Recovering Compulsible Reader in Toronto, Canada. If you have been successful in solving your own domestic problems, boy, that that just really resonated in my heart. I didn't even kind of hear the rest of it. It just uh, brought back so many remember whens. I can remember when I first came into program and hearing people in the room talking about how they had resolved or repaired the relationship with their pe- family, but in particular with their mother because that's that's the one that I had. And I have no spouse and no children, so I don't have that family, but I do have the family of my parents and cousins and things like that. And it just it just struck me because sometimes I can get so caught up, being you know, like my emotional recovery isn't where I want to be and you know, I'm doing step tens up the wazoo and all this jazz because things are happening that are rocking me or or disturbing me or causing me concern or whatever however you want to put it. Um because they don't rock me so much anymore. That's another thing. I don't I don't go so deep into the spin. But but to just think, you know, when I heard that about R- solving relationships with their parents. And when I think of how when I came in, my mother and my relationship was so bad, and my dad's favorite phrase was, when you walk in the house, you go straight to the fridge, and your mom takes a tranquilizer. And that was that was it. That was absolutely it. And By coming into program, and not by I'm going to fix this relationship with my mother, I'm going to work on this relationship my, with my mother, I'm going to do that. Not that, because... I tried that with the weight, I tried that with the gym, I tried that with being nice to people, I tried all that stuff, and me working at it is me managing my own life, and that doesn't work, but what an amazing miracle of program, you come in, you put the food down, you work the steps, you work with a sponsor, someone guides you, and miracle of miracle, my mom looks at me and says, oh Lynn, I'm so glad it's you, I feel safe with you, and I'm able to tell her when she's dying, she's the best mummy in the world. And Nina, I, oh my God, I mean, it just it just makes, it fills me with gratitude and hope. And I'm hoping that I will be able to share that experience with others. I hope that, that brings, I hope I'm just able to share that and, and tell others how I got there. Because it is truly a miracle and a gift of the program. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, N.S. Amy E. and then Leah M.
17: Good morning, everyone. Amy E. recovered in Ohio, and um, I'll be brief because people have already said what I was going to say. Um, but I'm I'm just struck again, and it's a good reminder for me because you know you get to know your sponsees, and they become your buddies. And especially if you've worked with them for a long time. And so it can be easy to see their side of it and to support what they're doing. Um, I have a sponsor who reminds me her purpose is not to be my friend. Her purpose is to help me stay alive. And so sometimes she is critical. (laughs) Sometimes she's, uh, she comes straight out and says, you know, you're on your uh, path toward uh, picking up and, uh, Get your butt to a meeting right now. Um, uh, but yeah, this 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 takes on life and death proportions, and I always need to remember that when I'm talking to my sponsees, especially the sponsees that I have great affection for, uh, because I can easily slip into friend mode and not sponsor mode, and start talking psychobabble instead of leading them back to the book. I'm real tempted uh, sometimes. There's somebody I'm working with right now who is really, really struggling with her codependency, and I want to take her, you know, from the, to other books that I've read and things that I've seen, and maybe they, that would be helpful, but the best thing for me to do, based on what we're reading here in these two paragraphs, is for me to say, well, when you take it to meditation, sweetheart, what does your higher power tell you to do? What would God have you be? Um, and, and to bring it back to the book, back to the book, back to the book. I have I have a friend that I would call her and I'd blab for 10 minutes about the latest thing going on in my life. She was quiet the entire time and then she would say, well, let's let's turn to this page in the big book and I want you to start reading from paragraph two. And I thought, Robin, come on. You know, talk to me. But she was exactly right. That is exactly the way to handle those kinds of things because otherwise I start becoming an, an armchair psychologist. And um, that gets me in more trouble and ends up ruining more sponsor sponsee relationships. And people have fired me more as a result of doing that. And I sponsors um, as a result of getting off track and not keeping it based in spiritual principles based in the big book and our text of recovery and continually asking the person, go back to your higher power. What does your higher power tell you to do? What would God have you do? What would good orderly direction look like in this circumstance? Thank you. I pass.
3: Thank you, Amy. E. And Leah M., you're next. Thank you so much for your service. If you have been successful in solving your own domestic problems, tell the newcomer's family, how that was accomplished you know these are very uh wonderful directions uh that the big book offers and that's certainly what i experienced you know over 30 years ago when (laughs) when when speaking to a sponsor you know about uh perhaps this marriage which i currently am in by the way um you know wasn't the right one, or, you know, maybe I need to leave this marriage. And, you know, the focus was put back on me and my work, that, um, you know, to get over drinking, to get over compulsive overeating, is going to require a transformation of thoughts and attitudes. And that's exactly what the program of recovery does. And, of course, you know, through that process you know, the, the inventory process of steps four through nine and, of course, continuing that lifetime of examination and correction of my attitudes and my ideas, um, that does, you know, affect other people. Because as long as I maintain the victim stance, then I was going to remain emotionally and spiritually sick. But as soon through the help of a sponsor and through the work of these staffs that I started taking responsibility for my view, my perspective, my vision, my very limited vision of the world and people around me and my relationships and my spouse and took responsibility through the way I felt and the way I behaved, I started becoming spiritually healthy through the work of these steps and slowly the light started to turn on and slowly day by day that light became brighter and ever so slowly I began to see and accept the truth that I had a responsibility as to how things had unfolded in my marriage thus far and gradually the mask that false self and the persona and the ideas and the emotions and attitudes that I had had for two decades began to disintegrate and the real me and the beauty that God, you know, instills in all of us began to emerge. And, you know, all I can say, I, I love that word, tell, because I, I do like to look at the program of recovery and, and, and those of us that are recovered as a show-and-tell operation. Don't underestimate the program of recovery, and certainly don't understand, underestimate the God of your understanding don 't do that because the program of recovery uh, you know more than my compulsive overeater had, eating had to be arrested my own philosophy my ideas my beliefs my attitudes all that had to be confronted and overhauled that was the work of the steps that continues to be the work of the steps and we are reborn we are reborn old attitudes ideas and emotions uh which used to dominate us are cast aside and we are dominated by new ideas emotions and attitudes and that changes everything that changes the whole playing field so stick around and do the work and with that i pass thanks Thank you, Leah M. And we have time maybe
0: for one short share. Anybody have a funny This is Do L?
18: Do L, go ahead. I, I can't follow Leah after that. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to share real quick my experience. Um this is Do L, a recover compulsive ovary from New York, and um, you know, just like Leah just mentioned, you know, it's all that transformation. It's all about the mind, the body. It has to be both. It can't be just one or the other. It has to be both. It has to be a transformation. And I was here at the store, you know, just uh, picking up my breakfast and, and someone came over and heard me on the meeting. And he says, that's what we need. We need transformation. We need transformation, especially with our kids. <laughs> and I was thinking how this weekend I spent with my son um, being that transformed mom, showing up for him and being the different parent that I've ever been. When he was younger, I had abandoned him. Um, and, and today I get to show up for him. Today I get to be and an example of what program has taught me to be, to, to suit up and show up. And I, I tell you, it's such a wonderful experience because he may not totally get it, but, you know, I tell you, our relationship is totally different. My relationship with my mom is totally different today. I don't buy into her insanity at times. But, you know, um, I get to practice patience. I get to practice compassion. I get to practice these principles that I never even thought of them before. And today I get to do that and I get to show up and I get to be a different person and people get to see that and get to experience that. And, um, and I'm grateful because because I change, the world around me changes. And like Leah said, it takes time and it, it is a transformation, but the steps helps us to do that. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, do el And I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Devorah F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
16: Yes, thank you. Hi. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.